And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the man with the master plan. The guy who says, boy, <laughs> and goes hunting for big giant robots. It's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been it's been a hectic hectic kind of a time uh, in terms of gaming. Uh, at least for me, it, is, it has been. Uh, a lot of stuff to uh, go through. But uh, we're not going to talk about the regular stuff. Because we're going to talk about our gaming origins as we are continuing our discussion from last time. Um, which, if you remember, uh, maybe you remember, maybe you don't. Uh, but we were talking about our like GameCube memories, our like PlayStation Two memories, uh, and everything that kind of was like related to that stuff. Uh, but for this episode, we're going to talk about everything. Uh, from like that point onwards, so like you know, like the Wii era, the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty era, all the way up to well now. Um, so what I I don't know, like if you remember when you got the PlayStation Three, Sean. Oh, I, I, I fondly remember. Like, how was that for you? Because I like for for me, I didn't get a PlayStation Three until it was like the PlayStation Three Slim, and it was like discounted, and it was like two years before. The PlayStation 4 came No, out. no, 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 no. I was one of those crazy guys that spent 600 euros on a PS3. Oh, so I still have that. it. Yeah, I still I have the 60 One of the PlayStation play 2 games? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember because I was still in school and um, I was uh, I had reserved it at two places. And then one place said, like, you have to make a down payment of 100 euros. And I said, like, yeah, but will I be guaranteed that I get it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll guarantee you that you'll get it. And I'd be like, okay, fine. And so we got to the point where it came out. And I remember fondly, I, I went to get it. I got Resistance Fall of Man with it. And I play, I got a second controller with it. Uh, and lo and behold, they had plenty of stock in all retailers because it was 600 euros. And nobody was willing <laughs> to spend that amount of money. Did I know? But what was cool is, is I think... Um, Earlier that year, I got a chance to uh, go to the special event PlayStation Netherlands was hosting in which they had rented like this small, cozy uh, place and they made like a living room situation out of it. And they put up multiple PS3s oh, uh, okay. and then people were invited and uh, we got to get like an early hands on of the, the PS3 back then. So I played uh, Resistance back then. I played back then sony had the formula one license so i played formula one i saw uh was this before Motorstorm. it went to like codemasters yeah yeah okay 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 yeah and then so they had like their launch lineup because the pst was obviously already out in japan and america so their launch lineup was already there so we could play all those games and then i knew like hey, i wanted to get resistance and i, I didn't have an hd tv at the time when i got the ps3 so i was still playing it on my old big fat crt tv but I blazed through that single player and I kept playing multiplayer and I loved it because it was the first time we had PSN as well. You know, that you had like the unified right, signing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because on PS2, you had to create an, an online account for every game you played. Whereas on PS3, Sony had like the unified PSN ID. You just created this ID. You could message your friends. You could, uh, it was free back, back in the day. 
uh, and then as, as time passed on, of course, they added updates like in-game XMB because it was called the cross-media bar. Uh, but I mean, at the time, the PS3 was positioned as like the center of your living room, kind of what Xbox tried to do with the Xbox One. But Sony was like, you know, you can play. It was the cheapest Blu-ray player. You could put your photos on it. You could listen music on it. You could make a media server out of it. You could run Linux on it if you wanted to. So it was like this. And I think they had to because it was like such a expensive device also to to produce that they yeah. thought like the more applications we can come up for people to use it, the better it is because it adds value. Cause eventually you added like the folding at home element where you could ha- use your processing power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, to fold proteins for research. I mean, like those days were, were different because uh, Sony at the time had like made a major slip up and like yeah. pretty soon after PS3 came out, they replaced Ken Kutaragi with uh, Kazuo Hirai because Kutaragi, you know, stuff got to his head. He got a little bit arrogant. He, he kept saying weird stuff like, we don't buy our exclusives. We earn our exclusives. <laughs> you know, whereas, I mean, if he had just thrown a bag of money in the Ubisoft's direction, Assassin's Creed would be a PS3 exclusive, you know? So we lost a lot of games back then. A lot of games went multi-platform and like everybody was afraid that Metal Gear Solid 4 was going to go multi-platform because... That was the sole reason I bought my PS3 <laughs> at the time. Like the only reason I wanted that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy time. I mean, I don't I don't think that would have ever happened because it's an um, like it's a, it's a Japanese company. So they don't really necessarily do the money backs thing because that's not in their culture. Um, but yeah, like PlayStation 3 like launch era was super crazy. I remember like one of the I don't I don't know if this I I don't remember this for a fact that it was true, but I remembered that this was being said by apparently like a Sony executive. No, no, it wasn't sorry, it wasn't a Sony executive. It was like um so someone was saying like what someone in front of the press asked like the question of hey, like 600 600 bucks. It's a lot. It's like, well, yeah, you can like take out a second mortgage and get one. It's like, dude, what the hell? yeah like why would you say that (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah oh my goodness but it had like it had an interesting launch period did you actually like partake in like for example the the folding at home thing no i didn't like for me it was like the only gaming device and i only played games on it and i also used the in-game browser a lot because you know it was easy you could use wi-fi on your ps3 you could connect the keyboard to it i didn't have a pc of my own at the time so Ah, you know i could go to youtube and watch youtube videos back then (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) yeah now it's like a novelty but uh, yeah back then like yeah crazy yeah but but i think the one thing that came out of the ps3 era very clearly at least for me and i think for a lot of people is is it gave sony a lot more focus because what it eventually did is is they knew like okay within a couple of months they they killed the 60 gigabyte model and they made a 40 gigabyte model out of it and then they dropped the price to 4 399 um so like immediately there they were like okay you know what we need to turn this around so we'll take even more of a loss and then eventually they started to focus a lot more on their first party lineup they because like if I think about the PS2 era, there's there's not a lot of games I remember from the PS2 era like that Sony made first party that were like wow, but it felt like during the three era, 
they kept churning out blockbuster after blockbuster. You know, they made the Uncharted franchise. They made, um, um, they even though it was a bit weird, they made games like Infamous or Mag or uh, Ratchet and Clank got like a, a proper game because I remember the first Ratchet and Clank that came out on PS3. It looked like a Pixar animation movie, and it has gotten even better over the years. You know, they did a lot more with online stuff. They they made SOCOM Confrontation and SOCOM 4. You know, they were doing a lot back then. And I, I mean, like, The Last of Us was a game that came out on PS3, even though we got, like, a gazillion remakes. It's basically getting the GTA 5 treatment at, at this point. But, yeah, you know, we were getting a lot of good games from Sony themselves. And I think that's, like, they were laying this, the foundation for what they did during the PS4 era and the PS5 era. I mean, like we got Killzone 2, even though that trailer was misleading in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All the misleading it, trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, for example, they also did Warhawk, which was basically Sony's answer to Battlefield. And I loved Warhawk. I, I still hope they make a remake out of that one because it's like a perfect multiplayer game. It was 30 bucks, yeah. and they added uh, booster packs with new maps and new content and weapons and vehicles like, at that time it was all pretty new to sony and like they really took some risks and it really played out well it's kind of surprising that they did stuff like that considering that that's the norm now yeah but, you know, like, yeah, but like in, the, in that era it was like yeah <laughs> yeah at the time it was new and i think like they were like we have nothing to lose it's do or die because if they didn't come out of that generation they probably would have stopped being in gaming altogether yeah, true. And in the end, they overtook Xbox and sold more consoles, even though Xbox had like a one or two year head start in certain markets. Yeah. And I do remember from that, at least from that early period where um, they were trying, like they were trying a lot of stuff because I remember yeah. when they first showed off the PlayStation 3, they showed it off with that banana boomerang controller, oh, which looks like the yeah. Which looks like the most impractical thing on the planet. And then they came back with like the DualShock 3, but yeah. it wasn't called the DualShock 3 because they couldn't have Rumble in it. It was the yeah. six axis controller and they awkwardly showed off like the six axis. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're just trying to do what Nintendo is doing with like the, the Wii remote. Yeah, but that... like everybody was playing into motion because of the Wii. Yeah. Around that time, because I think it was a year before they like Nintendo showed off the Wii remote um at the uh, tgs yeah like in so in 2005 because it they both came out in 2006 like they came out like weeks from each other weeks yeah apart. i remember it's crazy like did you did okay so it's for you you didn't have to like go to like a midnight launch or anything no yeah neither did i uh i just pre-ordered it and then i picked it up which, which was yeah, well, i did the same I, i'm not like i love gaming but not that much that I'm going to sacrifice <laughs> my sleep or be in a line for hours, you know? Like, nah, I'll just pick it up. I did the same with the PS4 launch, so. To be fair, I don't think we had a lot of midnight launches here, like, in the Netherlands. To begin they with. did it for games like Call of Duty, but that's it. Like, for Modern yeah. Warfare and stuff like that. But, yeah, not, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, at least from my experience, I've never experienced or seen back in the day that they're like, hey, you know, come come midnight and like be the first to pick blah blah blah, blah up yeah. i've never experienced that before i remember in certain 
But that that's again during when the PS4 came out. I remember like Game Mania doing stuff like that, and and Game and Media Mark doing stuff like that. Midnight launches, okay. and I, I think like a couple of games like Modern Warfare Two on the PS3 back then got a midnight launch. Uh, you know, Media Mark would always do it. Like the one in Rotterdam always used to do it, or yeah. like when Diablo Three came out on PC. But I mean, like especially now. People don't care because you can buy the games digitally and either play it midnight or with a lot, with the, more and more games are getting that pre-order now and get the deluxe edition and get three days earlier access or yeah. a week earlier access, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, yeah, so for like, so for me, I didn't, like I said, I didn't get the PlayStation 3 until like. But you got an before. Xbox 360, right? So here's how that went, right? So I I got an Xbox 360 in 2007, but okay. I picked up a Wii on launch in of 2006, of course, <laughs> with Zelda, and it came with Wii Sports, and I showed it off to like the whole family. I brought it home. I was like, hey, look at this cool new thing. You know, you can use your body, and it's like kind of like an exercise. And my and my I do remember my dad was like impressed with the fact that you know you had the motion controls. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, it was like okay. I played a little bit of like Wii Sports. It's time for some Zelda. Played uh, Twilight Princess like a lot. Really loved that game. Um, but like the launch was kind of slow for the Wii for the Wii at the time. Like that was the big title, and I think the next big title was I want to say Mario Galaxy. Like six ish months later. Um. And around that time, I got a job because I I finished I finished school and I got like and I got like this uh this part time job, and I saved up a bunch of money. Nice. And uh, when Halo Three came out, because that was two thousand seven, when Halo Three came out, they came out with a bundle, and uh, they came out with a discounted bundle. Oh. Around that time, I don't know how, I don't know why it was, it was a discounted bundle. It came with Halo Three, and my friend was like, "Yo, like this place is selling it for like cheap or cheaper. Um, like pick it up so we can play some like Halo together and like find whatever." It's because it's because you're asking. Otherwise, I would have never done it. <laughs> but so I, yeah, I would have never. Honestly, I would have probably never done it. And it's the only time that I've. The only time so far that I've had all three consoles at mm-hmm. a certain point in time. So I had the Wii, then the Wii, then the Xbox 360, and then way down the line, I picked up a PlayStation 3. Um, but yeah, so the first game that I had for that was Halo 3. And I played a lot of like the co-op uh, story mode and, you know, tried the multiplayer, but I suck. And, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the like I knew the first thing that happened when I went online with Xbox Live when playing Halo is like some punk British kid trying to act all big and high and mighty <laughs> and like oh blah, 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 or oh my gosh do you really like have you ever had like when you go online and some rando is playing loud music constantly over the uh, that's like a standard thing that happens when you're playing Call of Duty multiplayer oh my gosh it's so was, annoying i don't know why so people annoying. do it i don't get it either it's like and it, I, I you know they do it on purpose because i think with xbox you had a noise gate on the microphone mm-hmm. so you can actually turn it up or down so like you can filter out like noise reduction i'm pretty sure some people just turn that off on purpose so that yeah. the music comes in it's like they're trying to communicate with you 
trying to insult you, but also there's a lot of music playing, <laughs> so you don't hear what they're saying. And it's like you are just making a lot of noise. So I, there, like, there are a lot of people that I like block muted or um, reported on. It's like, yo, this this guy is like being a really annoying. Yeah, it still happens to this day. Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the Wii was really fun. There were some really killer titles that came out along the road, but it took some time for it to take off, or at least from my perspective. And it wasn't obviously until 2008 when um, Smash Brothers finally came out. Smash Brothers mm-hmm. Brawl was looking really forward to that. But then the reviews started coming in and they were talking about like weird mechanics that were in the game. And I was like, Ugh. and then I played the game myself. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is not, this doesn't feel as, this doesn't feel as snappy as melee and uh they introduced random tripping so once in a while the game would let you trip okay while you're playing like they introduced like banana peels and stuff like that into the game so like if you use the item banana peel you trip over a banana peel but also at random times your character would just randomly trip Huh. Not something you could turn on or off, which is really stupid. So you could be in the middle of a game and you're like winning, and then all of a sudden you trip and fell. Ugh. Why? Who knows? <sighs> um, so that was annoying. But it did have probably the best single player campaign, the subspace emissary. Um, what Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know it had a single player. Yeah, like all like I mean, it has single. All the all of them have had single player to a certain oh, I didn't extent. Even know. So, like are the original single player for Smash is just the classic mode, where you have like your you have your normal fights, but you also have like special condition fights, and then you have special like missions. Like for, for example, in Melee, you had race to the finish, uh, and break the targets, which I humbly miss. I miss break the targets. That was so much fun. Um, and especially back on the on the on the in melee because every character has a had a unique break the break the targets level with brawl they made it um not unique so basically you had four or five or six generic break the target levels for all the characters which I understand because the character roster blew up with brawl yeah um. Jeez, like we can't even imagine how much it would blow up with Ultimate, but at the time, Brawl had like a really big roster. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I understand why they did it, but it's also kind of a loss. Um so it had a lot of cool features in there. And also, ah, oh, jeez. It's such a it was such a fu- it was a fun game, but it was it had its flaws. Um also the first smash with online. It sucked. <laughs> that's the only thing that's unfortunately not changed that much for Smash. The online still kind of sucks. Is it this, even to this day? Even It's way better than it used to be in, in Brawl, but yeah, I mean, compared to other fighting games, it is not great. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, I don't know if that... I don't think that's ever going to change for, for Smash uh, Ultimate. You know, since the, the, the development team isn't there anymore. So, yeah. Um, 
what else from that era so i i think for a really long time i didn't even pick up a new game for my xbox because a lot of the games that i did what i what i did was play uh demos dude remember demos <laughs> like yeah. downloadable demos yeah, yeah. They're, they're starting to make a comeback again but back then if you had an xbox and you and unless it was like a jrpg or something like that for most games that came out they had demos which is really cool because it allowed you to try a game and decide if you wanted to pick it up or not um that's how i ended up buying some games for the xbox like for example uh okay i did say like most jrpgs didn't get one but this one did and it's um what's it called again uh Eternal Sonata. Uh, it's from the same makers from from uh, Star Ocean and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And it's about this. Uh, well, it's not about this random guy. It's actually about like <laughs> I think it was was it was it Mozart? Mozart? Yeah, I think it was Mozart that was like transported to another world. Okay. Um, while he was in his deathbed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very Japanese. <laughs> But it's I a really fun this. it's a really fun game. It's a really fun JRPG. And I played the demo first and I was like, oh, this is fun. I need to get it. That's why I got it. I do regret to say that I haven't finished that one. I do want to finish that one someday, but also kind of hoping it gets a uh, remastered release someday. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen, but it would be nice if it did. Uh, so that's one of the few games that I bought for the Xbox 360 um i bought a lot of games for my wii like i still have like my whole wii collection i'm actually looking at it right now and it's like a whole bookshelf full and then <laughs> oh damn yeah man like, i still have I, my ps3 games as well i i have my ps3 library is way smaller like for that generation it's probably the smallest library i have because most of the stuff i bought digitally or was a playstation plus release oh okay yeah uh so even though i didn't have a playstation 3 uh when playstation plus was announced but playstation uh, plus back then was a supplemental service you had to pay for it yeah sorry i'm saying it the other way around i mean before i got a playstation 4 i was claiming playstation 4 titles (laughs) um no but for playstation 3 when i got a playstation 3 i also got playstation plus because i wanted the free games and at that time, I also had the Vita. So, you know, mm, it kind of worked okay. in, in tandem for that. So a lot of games for my PlayStation are digital ones that are only available through PlayStation Plus, uh, except for a handful of games that I bought. You know, I bought, like, the Naruto games. Uh, like, there was, like, this bundle, so I bought that. I bought Lollipop Chainsaw uh, from <laughs> the makers from, uh, from uh, No More Heroes. So oh, Grasshopper no, 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 no. Manufacturer, I still to this day have never taken the shrink wrap off that game. Oh, wow. It's so crazy. And I bought it like on the cheap too. I bought it like for, I don't know, like 10 bucks because it was like on sale. I think <laughs> it was like in the a, in a, in a sales bin. I was like, oh, okay. And I bought it, brought it home. I was like, I'm going to play this. And like, it's been collecting dust. <laughs> full of the wrapper. Um, I did pick up... Uh, uh, mgs4 oh okay yeah that too i got like the the platinum edition so it's you know the the discounted version Mm. uh i also haven't finished that one i did finish like 
I I think I talked about it last time, but I did finish like Metal Gear Solid Two, and I started Metal Gear Solid Three. <laughs> but uh, amateur, you have so many games to play in that franchise. I, I I know, I know. Like I started playing, and then the cutscenes happened. And it was taking a bit long. I was like, ah, okay, I'll get back to this, and I never got back. To it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like there's all. Yes, I mean for me, like the that era that era of gaming signals the era that the the start of like the download stuff, right? Yeah. So because it was had, all new. Exactly. You had like virtual console, you had like yeah. PSN, you had Xbox Live. There's so many Xbox Live arcade games that I used to play. The funny part is I have an Xbox One S right now, and I thought I had a lot of games. A one S or a Series S? Uh, sorry, a Series S, not one S. Series. <laughs> um, thank you for correcting me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was just checking. Like, huh? No, I, I I never owned an Xbox One. Um, but it, the 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 weird thing is, is that I checked my library there, and it, I have access to my old like purchases mm-hmm. from from uh, Xbox Live, and either I didn't purchase as much as I thought. <laughs> or a lot of them have not made the ju- they a lot of them did not get uh the backwards compatibility treatment. It could be because it's limited. Yeah, it is yeah, so I think it is limited and of course demos don't count so they didn't bring those over. Which kind of sucks because there were a lot of I had a lo- I think I, if I booted up my Xbox 360 there's still a lot of demos on there that are like really good. Um and there was this, uh, there was this guy that I went to, uh, that I did my uh, course, my three D animation course with, who was getting rid of his Xbox three hundred and sixty, and he was like, "Hey, I know you have an Xbox three hundred and sixty. I just sold mine, and I still have like a bunch of games. Like, I'll give it to you for like fifteen bucks." And it was like Devil May Cry four, uh, the first Bayonetta, and a bunch of other games. I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll nice. take them off your hands." Yeah, but that's that's also the first time I played Bayonetta three of three. That's the first time I played Bayonetta one. Um, there's also a bunch of other games. Like I bought, I bought like this random bundle that came with uh, Call of Duty. Which oh right, uh, was it Modern Warfare two? I think it was Modern Warfare two. The reason I bought it is because it came with Modern Warfare and a like a an, an exclusive because it was like one of those those collectors edition and it came okay. like with this like spy camera oh okay yeah i still have it around here but i think the battery is shot like whenever <laughs> i charge it it works for like maybe 10 minutes or so and then just doesn't work the quality is surprisingly good but it's also fish island so oh. it's not really fun to use as like an actual camera but it was fun that we got added to it. I was like, okay, cool, I'll take it. Um, what else? I the Wii era was so weird for me because between like the fixed, uh, like between like the games that you could just buy, you know, your Mario's, you know, your Pikmin stuff like that. Um, I bought a lot of virtual console games. Because it was a good time. It was if you were a retro gamer, you were eating well in the Wii era. <laughs> there were so many like retro consoles on Virtual Console. Yeah, you know, apart from the standard stuff, you know, like Nintendo stuff. But you also had like Turbo Graphics. You had 
eventually had like Sega, Se- uh, Sega Mega Drive. You had uh, like a bunch of other stuff. It was just, you were eating well, like if you were into like stuff like that. Um, some of the highlights from that period, um, you had, of course, that, you had, of course, uh, Ease, Book 1 and 2 for like the Turbo Graphics. You could buy the first Street Fighter, which was only on Turbo Graphics, which is like you could either play as Ryu or Ken. And this is like the Ryu, like with the slippers on, like like with the ninja gi and everything. It was so silly. Um, You had, of course, you had the Sonic games. You had a bunch of uh, classics that people would know and remember. And of course, they had their own like WiiWare, which is the most ridiculous thing on the earth because if I don't know if you remember, but the Wii had like barely any storage. Yeah. Like the internals two gigabytes or something or even less? No. The internals the the Wii U had eight or thirty two gigabyte models. Oh. The Wii had two hundred and fifty two five hundred and twelve megabytes. Wow. So how did you add storage? SD cards, my friend. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. And, and here's the thing: when it first came out, you couldn't even play games off the SD card. They had to oh, bring yeah. an update to allow you to play from the SD card. Wow! I remember, like the PS2 when it first came out, or the PS3. Yeah. Like you had the 20 gigabyte model in the states, which didn't include Wi-Fi. You had the 60 gigabyte model, which was like everything but here in europe they only did the 60 gigabyte model but the hard drives were user replaceable so yeah i don't remember but then again i didn't buy any digital games during the ps3 era i only bought one digital game during the ps3 era and that was the last of us and that was because i couldn't get it physically because it was sold out everywhere which i never had happen with a game yeah i remember just wanted to go to a store and buy it and i I didn't see it It was like don't you have it it's like it's sold out and i thought like (laughs) Uh, but this has never happened, you know? And then The Last of Us was my first uh, full-fledged um, digital game on the PS3. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was completely surprised. <laughs> Dang. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so if something like that happened to the Wii, you're like out of luck. Yeah. There's no way to buy that digitally. <laughs> oh, wow. Because yeah. and as soon as we got to PS4, like a lot of games started utilizing the hard drive more. But that's also more because in the PS3 era, Xbox 360 users didn't all have a hard drive. You could still be like one of those do- persons that had the Xbox 360 without hard drive with a memory card. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was still a thing back then. So the developers couldn't. What did they call that again? The base. The, I did. The I ba- don't know. Yeah. The core. Core, oh, the core, core edition, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it didn't have Wi-Fi, so you had to add like a Wi-Fi module. Like only when they did the the Xbox three sixty Elite, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one had built-in Wi-Fi and stuff like that, and like a bigger hard drive. Because I remember I got the Elite, yeah, in a, in like a random impulse mode because I wanted to play all the Halos and Gears of War. So I got a three sixty Elite, and then, um. I bought all those games, so Halo and Gears of War, and I finished them all. Mm. And then I didn't use the Xbox for years, you know, because yeah. the games on Xbox simply didn't appeal. And I had the same thing happen during the PS4 era, where I bought an Xbox One and a One S, and 
I played it for a couple of games and then I never touched it again. Did you get the VCR model? No, no, no. I had the 1S, the white one. The, the Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a weird time. That was a super weird time because the first technically the first one out of the gate when that came around was the was the Wii U. And they Is it? Yeah, because that came because that came out at the end of 2012. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, cuz the PS3 came out, PS4 came out in 2013. Yep. Like a whole year later. And I remember the reason why I remember it distinctly because they announced the Wii in 2011 at E3. And they made a whole big buzz about it. They had like all the these Sorry, the Wii U, right. Okay. They had this this big buzz about it. They were showing off these developers talking about the capabilities of the Wii U, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they didn't show a single frame of gameplay until I want to say the following E3. Or there was like, no, sorry. There was like a direct uh, like nine months later, like in January or February or something. And they showed off some games like, uh, like uh, what's it called again? Metro. Like I think Metro, I think at that time it was Metro twenty uh, twenty thirty three or something. And, oh, that game! Yeah. Um, a bunch of other like titles that never came to the Wii by Wii U. By the way, they were announced, oh. but they never showed up on the Wii U. Oh, great! Apparently, they m- miscalculated on like the capabilities of the Wii U, so they stopped developing or whatever. And like there was like this whole thing with like, oh. So when they announced the Wii U, there was this whole thing like with EA and uh, I think um, John John Riccatelli was still in charge. Yeah. And he was like, unprecedented like partnership with Nintendo and EA. Never happened. Oh, damn. (laughs) But a whole, like for at least two years, people were making fun of that whole unprecedented partnership with EA. And when... Um, when those Wii U was going to come out, they announced that the Wii U was getting um, uh, Mass Effect 3 because it had come out in 2012 earlier for the other platforms. And they were like, oh yeah, Wii U exclusive, like with extra content and like Wii U features. And when that was announced, shortly after that, the trilogy pack was also announced that had all the games. But did it come out on Wii? It did come out on Wii. Oh, it did. Just Mass Effect 3. (laughs) Not the trilogy that came out a week later on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Oh, wow. It's like, so why is this not coming to Wii U? It can clearly handle it. And they had no answers. Like, oh, yeah, this is that, um, like unprecedented partnership <laughs> at work it's probably install based they're like it's not worth porting this whole thing it was over. just like the the wii u was just out like what install base you're starting fresh oh, you're like yeah. you're like starting on the like the ground level you could have just like you know like yeah. kicked the door open but no yeah yeah that was- I, I i to be honest i don't know anything about the wii u because i skipped out on 
an eh, eh, and I don't know a lot about the Wii, but I like I at least tried the Wii a couple of times. But like the Wii U, I cannot remember anything about it because I <laughs> simply didn't follow anything. I was like, I really couldn't care less about this console. This is another weird Nintendo thingy. We'll let them do whatever they want to do because everybody was gearing up for the next generation and nobody knew what it was until Sony had that special event in february of 2013 Mm -hmm. in new york and nobody knew what was going to happen but i remember the teaser leading up to it because they had this um teaser in which they uh, a couple of days in a row or like a couple of weeks in a row they released this vague video in which they in every video they celebrated like a playstation franchise and for some it was like the the 10th anniversary or something like that so everybody knew back then like okay this is a playstation related event and then the event started, and then Mark Cerny came up, uh, or at least first, um, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Andrew House. I think Andrew oh, House, uh, yeah. yeah. Andrew yeah. House, yeah, the, the the former PS executive back then, the CEO, and he, and he did like this whole thing, and he said, okay, we're going to focus on PS4, and to tell you more about it, we have the system architect, Mark Cerny, and then they came up with the whole stuff like, hey, we used off-the-shelf parts, we're not doing any crazy cell architecture stuff, it's just basically your x86 uh, architecture, it's basically like a PC, and they showed like a lot of games back then, and for the time... That was so like every time they show a new generation, you're like, wow, okay, this is amazing. But I, I still remember back then when they showed a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff came really close to photorealism back then because mm-hmm. you you weren't not used to that level of of detail and graphics. I was like, whoa, because I mean, during PS3, Uncharted, for example, looked amazing, you know. Yeah. But this was like on a whole nother level. They showed off Destiny for the first time because Destiny was that rumored game, and a lot of stuff had leaked out uh, because of Destiny because of the lawsuit between Activision and uh, I think uh, was it Microsoft or there was like this Activision yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of details regarding Destiny leaked out because Bungie was working with Activision. So everybody knew stuff about Destiny, but they'd never seen it. And back then you got to see it. And the promise was basically like Halo Online in an online persistent universe, you know? And you were like, whoa, The the 10-year plan. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, the 10-year plan. And And then they showed (laughs) stuff like... Watch Dogs, which was which looked amazing, you know. I was like, I really want Watch Dogs. Yeah, that was one of the reasons. Yeah, (laughs) that's one of the reasons I bought my PlayStation, and they they postponed that stuff, you know. But also, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was announced that year, and the Division was announced that year. So, like, I feel that the start of the PS4 generation was like a lot of people were doing a lot of new stuff instead of just carrying over their existing IP. Eventually people were like, yo, where are the existing IPs? Because we also want like existing IP games instead of all new IPs. <laughs> but, you know, because it took a couple of years for Uncharted 4 to come out, for example. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy time. Yeah, and then uh, Xbox kind of pooped the bed. <laughs> well, well, it was such a big way. I think nobody expected that. Yo, I... The, here's the thing, right? Because I don't know if you remember watching that like presentation on the Xbox campus. Yeah, because like yeah, because remember this was a time where they were like a hundred percent into Connect. Yeah, so they were like, yeah, it's gonna come like with the Connect, and you're gonna do like gestures and voice commands, 
and you'll be able to snap like your your TV. You can watch TV while you're playing games or vice versa. Yeah. And like though that's one the only thing that I I do find that was impressive. Like you could snap like video while you were watching TV and like you could play a game. That's yeah. that was a pretty cool concept. But everything they, was like entertainment this and blah blah blah. <laughs> and they took the center of your living room idea a little bit too literal and they went yeah. a bit too deep down that rabbit hole. Because I think the the reason they were all in on Connect was because uh, because of the success of Wii, of course, PlayStation came up with the PlayStation Move, which mm-hmm. in a way it was good. I had a move, I liked it, um, and you know Xbox's answer was Connect, but it was all of course optional. So they probably thought, well, let's take away the optional part, let's make this forced on everybody, mandatory, and, mandatory. And then they also said like, we're gonna do online DRM. Your Xbox needs to connect once every twenty four hours to the internet, and like <laughs> that's when they ba- basically they, well, they didn't even dig their own grave. They basically buried themselves alive at that point because everybody's like, okay, it's done. This is you can't recover from this one. And Sony yep. took a lot of advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that E3 where they uh, where um, was it a no? It wasn't I was I wanted to say Shuhei Yoshida, but it wasn't Yoshida. It was yeah, uh, it was Yoshida. Was it Yoshida? He made that video with, with Adam uh, uh, Boyles yeah. where they like this is how you would use a tra- a used games or lend a game to a friend, and then it was like step <laughs> one, and then there G thanks, you know, they just gave it to each other. <laughs> but like that E3 was there. Sony hit all the 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 marks there because they. They first did that video and then they said, hey, we will not do online DRM. And then they also said, we're not going to do crazy price. It's going to be $3.99. And then the day after Microsoft came out and I had no, the the day before Microsoft had their event and they said $4.99. And then (laughs) like, I remember multiple times during the PlayStation conference back then, people just went wild, like screaming crazy wild you know because people <laughs> i think people might have hard have had heart attacks because of the excitement because there was like this is th- that was the best e3 they ever did yeah yeah it was a really good it was a really good it was a really good e3 for them. yeah yeah everybody was just looking at xbox and like you no, before like you they replaced you haven't the, earned our trust yet exactly they replaced Don metric eventually they were like yeah when they got to launch they're like yeah we can't do it with this guy he's out you know yo Don metrics really screwed the pooch man yeah like, really. exactly yeah so that was a weird time yeah and, I, and like it's not long ago when we had the ps4 and we still have the ps4 but there were so many good games that came out on ps4 you know and You'll probably have that with the Switch, but like we had Horizon Zero Dawn, we had uh, The Last of Us Part Two, as controversial as it is, we had Ghost of Tsushima, we had I liked it personally. We had Knack, we had um, Uncharted play, Four. Did you play Knack Two? I haven't played Knack Two. I only played one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had uh, the, um, Uncharted Four. You know, we had The Division One and Two, which. I mean, I liked The Division. It had its issues, but I still liked it. We got the great Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins. Yeah. Um, um, the What was the the one in Paris called? Unity was a bit meh. Mm-hmm. But like... All, Syndicate? I, Syndicate <laughs> was... I mean, like, I feel that the PS4 generation was Ubisoft at its best, even yeah. though they it was a constant, we'll promise you the world, but we'll give you something completely else kind of message because they always had to downgrade their games. Or they always had to patch their games. Like they had the whole Rainbow Six Siege debacle where the game was 
a complete mess when it came out, but they made up and a lot of people uh, enjoyed it. And same for For Honor, complete mess when it came out. And now it's an amazing game. So, you know, but, and I think that the problem with that approach is they are suffering from it now because during the PS5 generation, this year, they're kind of basically screwed because they have one game that they're basically riding all their hopes on, all their eggs in one basket, and that's it. And that's Assassin's Creed Mirage. And Wait, you mean Ubisoft? Yeah. I okay. mean, there's nothing else coming out that's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant play- so Sony. I was like, wait. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, because Sony has a lot going on. So, like... For me, for me, that was a way more different experience, you know, going into 2013, because at that time they had like the 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 port of uh, Assassin's Creed Three on Wii U, and I will say to this day, that version of Assassin's Creed Three is probably the best version that you can play because of the second screen stuff. Mm. There's like it, you had like minimal ui stuff on the screen so you could experience the game more fully and more immersively oh that's cool like everything else was like on your second screen in your hands granted it's a bulky controller oh yeah the fact that especially when you did sailing you could see where you are and you could like tack you can make better tactical decisions while you were sailing and like doing the 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 naval combat stuff oh that's cool and it's also the reason why uh like they also had that zombie u game yeah, yeah. Which is very unique, which I honestly, I've never gotten that far with that game because the game is, it's very roguelike. So whenever you die, that's it. That character that you played with is like dead, right? So you always start as a new character, but yeah. your character that you played with that died becomes a zombie with all your stuff that you gathered. So you have to hunt down your zombie, get your stuff back, and then continue like trying to escape the infected London. <laughs> I have never beaten that game. Uh, the game did get a port to PlayStation 4 and Xbox uh, One back then. I think in 2000, like years later, like in 2016 or something like that, um, they got ported. And like the, the Wii U had like a bunch of games that were impressive. A lot of them got ported to Switch um, and to other consoles. So like, for example, Wonderful 101 from Platinum Games. Of course, Bayonetta 1 and 2 got ported to to Wii U. I mean, Bayonetta 2 was new and exclusive to Wii U. Um, you, have, you had, like, the, the Zelda ports, you know, from, from um, Twilight Princess HD, Wind Waker HD, which is flipping gorgeous. Um, of course, Smash 4 for, for uh, Wii U and for 3DS. You had uh, a bunch of art games that came out that I'm trying to think about. Pikmin 3 was awesome on Wii U. Uh, damn, I'm trying to think about all the I other I don't games know any of these games. Like, I've heard of them, but never seen them. <laughs> uh, uh, Super Mario Maker. The hmm. one where you can make your own Mario levels and share them with people. Miiverse? Okay, like... How do I explain this when it doesn't exist anymore in a world where Twitter sucks even more than it does? <laughs> so Miiverse was Nintendo's own social media kind of platform for the Wii U and for the, to a lesser extent, uh, the, 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 the 3DS, okay. where you could 
you had like forums and stuff for each individual game had its own page where people could like post hints, talk about the game. Some games in add interactions with the Miiverse. So for example, uh, if you were playing uh, Splatoon, the first Splatoon, you could like draw stuff in Miiverse and it would share with other people and it would populate in your game, which is really cool. Uh, some games used it as a hint system, like so new Super Mario Brothers uh, U. Um, you could give hints of like what this level is, what you could expect from it. Um, with Mario Maker, like I was saying before, you could share the levels with other people, but people could also comment on your levels and it would mm. show up either in the forum or in game, which was really cool. And then they shut it down. When they announced the Switch, which is super <laughs> weird, I kind of feel like the reason why they did it was the same reason why um, a certain feature on the 3DS was also shuttered, which is, um, what was it called? Flip note. Uh, it was a note messenger where you could send like 3D messages to one another, but they had to shut it down because people were abusing it. The same thing kind of happened with with Miiverse, where people were abusing Miiverse and posting stuff that they shouldn't. So Nintendo was like, yeah, we're sunsetting this. Uh, You can still get your stuff if you want to, but you better be quick. If you're not quick, you're going to miss out. And then all your stuff that you ever put out on Miiverse is gone. I'm pretty sure I still have my Miiverse stuff on my computer, but I'd have to check. It's been a while since I booted up my PC. Um, maybe I put it on our, gosh, I hope I didn't put it in an external hard drive because then it's lost forever. Uh, but yeah, it was so much fun. I really do miss Miiverse because it was such a cool implementation of like user interaction and like gameplay stuff and just like bringing it together in, in such a nice way. It was something really of its time. But yeah, the Wii U did not last long. Rest in peace, 13 million sales. Worst Nintendo, worst Nintendo console <laughs> in terms of sales, um, not in terms of games, because the games were actually solid. Um, but yeah, we will never know because they <laughs> didn't buy a Wii U. <laughs> that is unfortunately true. I can't, I can't argue with that. It is absolutely true. Um, but what is also true is that the Switch is on its way to being one of the best sold consoles. It's at number three right now. It still I think the best selling is the PS2, and that's the like best selling is still BS PS2, but it's only yeah. I think, I think it's only like twenty or so million away from that. Oh, it will probably get uh, it will pass it because um, yeah, because it still needs to beat the DS, which is I think at twenty, I want to say twenty one hundred and twenty six million, and I think the 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 the, the PlayStation Two was how many like a hundred and. 40 something i think it crossed 150 but let me check i I forget but yeah like the playstation 2 sold like crazy numbers um 155 yeah okay so 155 i think the the ds was is behind that still. so yeah there's yeah yeah, so there's at least i think 27 million left to go because the, the the switch is at 122 wow yeah, it's crazy, right? For yeah. something 
It's for something that is underpowered and is a portable hybrid console game. Yeah, but system. I think that it kind of proves the point that if you have the games, you can. Yeah, it doesn't matter games, because that's will come. yeah, but that's probably the reason why Stadia failed. <laughs> Besides the business model, they didn't have any games to incentivize people to play on Stadia. They didn't have yeah. like exclusives that that made people um, want to get into the ecosystem. Yeah, exactly, which is a. St- still very disappointing because i mean we've both tried stadia right yeah. when it, they first did and it works really well sorry it worked really well. <laughs> yeah. um rest in peace stadia rest in peace stadia at least people got their refunds and they yeah. got to keep the controller yeah and yeah. i think they also released like this driver update now that you can yeah so you can use it as a regular a controller yeah. yeah that's nice yeah yeah i mean what else are people going to do with it like a paperweight use it as a boomerang maybe <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I, um, I still have my PS4, and the funny thing is, I was just thinking about it when you said it about the second screen thing. Like, I do remember when the PS4 first came out; it was in that moment where they were all all the manufacturers were trying to play into the second screen part because you know yeah. games were playing on their mobiles or on their tablets. So, like, a lot of games got like this mobile app feature so battlefield 4 got like the commander mode where you would download a separate app onto your ipad and from there you would be the commander in the battlefield so you could launch missile strikes you could deploy uh supplies you could do that stuff or in assassin's creed you had like a, a black flag you had like a map uh you could have on your tablet but you could also do like side missions on the tablet where you could have like this fleet that you amass and then you could send your fleet uh, to do missions that would give you resources or that the promise for the division was that you would be able to v- control a drone that is in game yeah, 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 uh, yeah, on your I tablet. They that. never did it, but uh, they said it. Well, like I remember like the first <laughs> two years, maybe I games think they had did something like... for that for, I think they promised something like that for um, watchdogs too. Yeah. Yeah. So like the first two years games had that. And then I, immediately after that was like, Bomb, it's gone. Because everybody knew, like, people are not waiting for this stuff, you yeah. know? They're, people just want to play the games. There is no need to involve a second screen because there was basically no one that could pull off the implementation properly. Like, if possible, the only thing I would want is, like, if, I have, if I'm playing a multiplayer game or an open-world game, is to have the map on my tablet so I can have it in mm-hmm. front of me so that I don't have to press the select button or the menu button constantly. It takes me out of the experience. So that's, like, the only thing I would want. Yeah. Oh, like speaking of like second screen stuff through mobile, remember Xbox Glass? Or was it Microsoft Glass? Or what, what was that app called? I don't even remember. Uh, it's, uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So it's basically like this general app that did what you said instead of having individual apps for. Individual- oh, yeah. 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 I mean, pff, yeah. <laughs> it was. Or like, I, yeah. Like, I do remember that by the time I got a smartphone. That feature was well and dead because yeah. I think they start. They actually started with that functionality with the Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. from a software point of view, Microsoft did innovated a lot during that era. They added like a lot of stuff, but it was all like a bit hit and miss because yeah. some things worked really well, or some things sounded really cool, and some things just didn't work out. Because in the end, I think people are like. You know, when I'm behind the TV playing on my console, I want that to be my full center of attention. I don't want 
all sorts of side devices adding into this experience. I just want my controller to be my main point of of input, and that's it. I don't want something else, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ah, you missed out, man. Wii U had some really cool functionalities when it came to games. It sounds like from a from a like it sounds really cool. Like when you're playing an open world game and you can manage your backpack on your tablet and swap out weapons or stuff like that. Like that sounds really cool. But you know, we had to do, we had a touchpad that we could do stuff on. And some games, the touchpad had like really great implementation. So, for example, in Ghost of Tsushima, if you want to have, uh, you don't have like a um, a navigational way so it's not like you pick a, a, a navigation point and it will lead you there through i don't know like in some games it's like a, a, a google maps kind of idea but here it would be like the direction of the wind so you would swipe on the a touchpad and the wind would blow in a certain direction and you would know okay that's the direction i have to go to get to my target you know or to my mission and it like worked really well it was really intuitive because you would hear this subtle wind sound and you would see like the wind gushing and you were like oh okay i need to go left you know yeah Yeah, i mean there there are some cool implementations i do remember playing uh i want to i want to say i was playing uh i don't think I don't. Uh, damn it! What game was it? I wanted to say Uncharted, but I don't think the re- the remasters of Uncharted actually implemented touchpad stuff. Uh, but like, there there are some games on the PlayStation Four that indeed had some cool implementation of the touchpad. Yeah, but that's also because that was lifted from uh, Vita, um, where you had like, for example, like Tearaway, where you were like poking through the back of the of the of the of the Vita. You yeah. saw your finger come out. The really cool thing that 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 particular game did was, and I don't know how they did this because I'm still not 100% sure I ever gave them this information. But when I poked through the back of like when whenever you could poke through the back of the of the game world, yeah, you would see a finger. Yeah, this finger was my skin color. Oh damn! I don't know how they did it. I assume it is the camera. Yeah, I think so as well. But I don't know how it does it in the dark. Because it was still that. So I don't know if it's if it got it from somewhere else. Maybe I put it in a profile thing or something. I don't know. But my finger was black and it's like, okay, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I did port Tearaway to, I think, PlayStation 4. Yeah. And it used the touchpad. So I don't know if it worked in the exact same way. I don't know. Um, I never played it. I hear it's a great game, but I never played it. It's a really fun game. I actually beat it from start to finish. Hmm. Um, then you have Gravity Days, which also used the touchpad, yeah. um, which also got ported to the PlayStation 4. It's a really fun game. It's a really cool game. I like if you don't have that, if you don't have that game, it's a total recommend. Also, it's one of the last couple of games that uh Sony Sony Studios uh, so did Japan Studios ever made? Yeah, because which also doesn't PS5, exist anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, it got shut down. Yeah, they were big in the PlayStation Two era. Hmm? Like they made yeah. a lot of the like the weird, quirky PlayStation games. Yeah, that was them. Yeah. yeah so if you were wondering why Ape Escape doesn't exist, there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I was just thinking that. Um. I still have my PS4. Uh, I have the PS4 Pro because that's also the first time Sony did like a mid-generation upgrade. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I think it's, 
I don't know if they always intended to do it. I wonder if they were maybe not fueled or pushed because Microsoft did it first. Because one E3, they just announced the Scarlet. Yeah. And nobody, there were rumors that was going to happen, but nobody expected it. And then at the level of power that the Scarlet had, it was like double the power or almost triple the power of what the Xbox One had. Yeah. And I don't know if Sony, because if you look at what Sony did, they basically took the same hardware, but they just made it, they improved the clock speeds and they added faster memory and they did checkerboard rendering instead of full 4K. So it always felt like Sony just responding to Microsoft instead of just having this already planned. And maybe it might explain why a I lot of PS4 Pros same. were jet engines because they were like really <laughs> loud. I mean, like if you think about it, if you design it from the ground up yeah you probably would have to yeah you would have yeah. that in mind yeah because now basically it was like uh, a ps4 on steroids like they injected it with steroids and then it just became what it is and yeah you know <laughs> yeah like with the ps5 they took a completely different approach yeah now you have uh now you have liquid metal that's apparently sliding off the processor i don't know about that <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I mean the I mean I have a PlayStation I have like a base PlayStation 4. So not even like the slim because I bought mine um from a friend. And yeah, I mean I played a lot of games on there. Uh like I said, a lot of games that I had on there are from PlayStation Plus because I I had the PlayStation 3 and I had the PlayStation app so I was just like, "Oh yeah, it's time for PlayStation Plus stuff." Add <laughs> And I will play this someday. And I, I did, because the first thing that I played was uh, Infamous Second Son, the standalone DLC. Great game. For, uh, Great game. Uh, sorry, not Second Son. Uh, the Light. other one. First Light, the, the standalone stuff. Relatively short. I never played First really Light. Good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, really? Yeah, I, I have mean, it, You've but... played Second Son, right? Yeah, yeah, I love Second yeah. Son. Yeah, it's basically more of that. I, I also... hope that they do another Infamous, but... Uh... I, mm. Would they? I mean, they're doing Spider-Man now, so why would they? Yeah, but they also do Ghost of Tsushima, so no, they're probably that, working no, on that... Ghost of Tsushima too. Wait, wait, who did Infamous? Was it Sucker Punch? Punch? Yeah. Oh wait, I was th- I thought it was well. inf- I thought it was Infamous. Uh, Insomniac. Insomniac. Uh, oh. All right, no, because they're the Wretched and the Plant guys. Yeah, and Resistance. And Resistance. Wow. Do you think that's ever gonna come back? I don't know. I mean, like. It's I I I did not I didn't finish Resistance three, but I finished one and two, and I really enjoyed those. There was a three, yeah. Wait for the PlayStation four, right? No, also for the PS three. Really? But the problem with the Resistance always was that it was really good games, and they reviewed really well, but they didn't sell well. So yeah, that's maybe the reason why they're not keen to do another one. Yeah. But uh, plus, if you look at what Insomniac's doing now, they're doing Spider Man two, and they're doing Wolverine. So they have their hands full. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I wonder yeah. what Sucker Punch is going to work on next, though. The rumor is that they're working on Ghost of Tsushima too. Okay. I Which don't... wouldn't be bad because, I mean, I'm, I recently started playing the Iki Island expansion and just reminds me about how good that game is. Like, yeah, but how did had... that game end? Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. No, no, no. But it has but... like a... So... It let me put it this way: it cook it. The story concludes 
mm-hmm. but there's like loads of other opportunities for them to proceed with another story because like for Iki Island, it's a separate island. So how the Iki Island part gets woven into the main story is, is you go to this, um, to this little place along the coast and then suddenly you you notice that people are reacting very strange. It looks like they're being hypnotized or something or something is affecting them and that they're going berserk because of it. And then you uh, find Mongolians that you have to fight and then you interrogate one. And then he's like, yeah, you will never defeat us because the grand shaman, blah, 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 will come, the eagle, yada, yada. And then you're like, okay, who is this eagle person? And then you find out that they're on Iki Island and then you have to go to Iki Island to defeat this remnant Mongolian faction. So um, even if they don't go with the Mongolians, they could just go on with a completely different storyline. I mean, the world's so big. I'm more surprised that they brought in the supernatural stuff. I, I don't know what's, what it's about, but like they, they, it's kind of a theme for uh, Sucker Punch to do that because back in the day with Infamous 2... They released the standalone DLC called the Festival of Blood, Ooh, which basically was like that. Cool, yeah. yeah, that was with vampires. So basically, yeah. Cole McGrath was uh, like bitten by a vampire in uh, New Orleans, and during like the one of the big carnival-like festivals there, yeah. you were trying to hunt down the the, the vampires and cure yourself from that. So, uh, and I think like one of the bad powers you could do was drink people's blood because you're you can in that game you can choose between good and right uh, right yeah uh, very right arbitrarily choose good and right <laughs> yeah no gray areas yeah exactly yeah so i mean you know that, that, that yeah and the the weird thing is is sony has a commitment that they are going to do 10 live service games between last year and 2023 or 2024 Mm -hmm. and that's like a pretty bold statement because they haven't done a single live game yet that's probably why they bought bungie because of the technology bungie has and i think one of the first games that will play into that will be the last of us multiplayer game that's going to come out because it's not just factions as we know it it's like this whole standalone game which is part of the last of us universe but if we have to believe neil Druckmann, it's going to be something crazy we've we haven't played before so i'm thinking maybe something like the division or a proper the day before kind of thing yeah. you know <laughs> um but that's one of many and apparently there's a multiplayer horizon game in development of which we saw leaked footage two weeks ago yeah. so and did you actually watch that one I watched a little bit of it, so okay. uh, but it's it's funny because the asset the the player assets are a bit more cartoonish, Fortnite style, but they just like put it into the the Forbidden West setting. So it's weird because you see like this lifelike graphics, and then the characters like this cartoonish gra- uh, person. But it's meant to be played together with friends, you know. So I mean, that's already two games that we know of that at least uh, think there are rumors that Sony's working on a SOCOM uh, game that's also being done by Guerrilla. So there's plenty of, of stuff that they're doing. And at the same time, they're still doubling down on single player games, which is their bread and butter. Um, and I'm like, if you look at last year with PS5, you can definitely mm-hmm. see that we got Horizon Forbidden West and we got God of War Ragnarok. Ragnarok is, I think, the best-selling IP at this moment for Sony. It sold 11 million. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's just crazy. And they will keep churning out those type of games because they know people... That's the reason why you buy a PlayStation. 
Yeah. You're not buying it for Game Pass. You're not buying it for. <laughs> You're not buying it for Halo Infinite because obviously that one's not doing well, doing good as well. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, true. I I mean, I guess for PlayStation, it's a bit more different than for for Xbox or for Switch uh, in that regard. Um, and yeah, I mean, PlayStation Five. There's a lot of hidden potential with both consoles, right? With both Xbox Series and for PlayStation Five. I don't feel like we're really noticing that though. There's not like there I haven't seen any games that I'm like okay it's very like um it's very cool or like you're showing off specific features because even like with for example the new Hogwarts Legacy game there apparently are loading screens like when you walk through certain doors mm-hmm. it has to load like the environment which is weird to me. Because the whole yeah. point of like the new consoles is super fast loading. You don't have to load the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and even with the game, one of the games that I'm playing now on my uh, on my Xbox Series S is Hi-Fi Rush, and even that has like a loading screen. It's short, yes, but there's still loading screen. Yeah, because the funny part is is that with God of War and with Horizon Forbidden West. I cannot remember a loading screen while I was playing unless I died, you know, yeah. or I, unless I booted up the game for the, um, for the first time again. But otherwise, it was pretty seamless, you know. And now the funny thing is I've got I've become spoiled where I get to the point where I see a loading screen. I'm like, uh, what's this, you know? <laughs> so that, that, that's weird. And it also, tests, I noticed that I'm becoming really impatient because you're used to that instant action and now you're suddenly like, uh, and... um. Part of it is because they use streaming tech, of course, and normally they do that combined with the disc. Well, I don't have a disc edition, so all has to be done all locally. So it's I didn't know Hogwarts had this because it's a bit surprised. But Hogwarts does have a lot more issues, and maybe the day one patch will fix it. But um, I heard that on PC, for example, the textures aren't really that great. The colors are off. So like the PC version is not the best version to play at the moment. That's apparently the PS5 version until... Digital Foundry will give us the technical analysis, but uh, looking forward to that. There's like a lot of stuff going on, and I'm like, well, at least I'm happy the game reviewed well because I didn't honestly, I didn't expect it to review well. Neither I was I. thinking like like us, maybe it would get a seven, and it's getting like nine, so I'm really happy with that. Um, I think part of it is nostalgia fueled because a lot of people love Harry Potter. Yeah, so I think that's part of the because at least from all the reviews that I've seen and read. They'll have they'll have their minus points and then they'll be at a qualifier. But this is the Harry Potter world, you know, or yeah, something like yeah. that. And it's like, oh, okay, that's where that's where this is going. All right, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but at least so far, the public, with just with one weird random exception, well, not really an exception. It's mostly just because you know J.K. Rowling and her thoughts. People are kind of being jerks about the game which has nothing to do with her so yeah other than that it actually has been received quite well which is yeah yeah which is more than i can say for i don't know for spoken (laughs) yeah but again with for spoken i saw it coming 
That's why, <laughs> like, I didn't even bother playing the demo. Didn't even bother watching the trailers because, you know, I with with some games, I just sometimes think like, well, you know, I've had and I've been surprised in the past. Like, for example, Shadow of Mordor when it was first announced. It was like, this looks really cool, but this looks too good to be true. And then it came out and it got a nine because it was basically like an underdog. And I was like, okay, I need to buy this because I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. And that's one of those games from the PS4 era that I remember fondly that like had this effect on me. It was like, oh, damn, okay, I like. But now more and more, games have gotten more expensive. So you only get to spend your 80 bucks or your 70 bucks one time. Mm-hmm. So you're at least for me, especially with the digital edition, I am, I'm not, like last year, last year was a bad year for me when it came to gaming because I didn't play a lot but like I think if I played last year I maybe might have played 10 games maybe less and if I look at how many games I bought it's like around that number I like I bought Forbidden West I bought God of War I bought uh, Modern Warfare 2 but I can't remember any other games that I bought so and I'm, I probably have bought some but like I can't remember because that's how less uh, how often I played apparently, which I didn't. Like the only thing I do now is I play Battlefield multiplayer, and on February fifteenth, when the new Warzone map comes out, which is a smaller one, I'll probably play that. Mm. But you know, I just don't. I, I don't play a lot, and then if that's why I'm a lot picky when it comes to buying stuff, um, and then it needs to be like really good. I cannot base my my 70 euros purchase of uh, an Instagram influencer telling me it's a great game because they got it for free, you know, because uh, yeah. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's also, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on that one because I also pay more attention to when there are sales um, for, for like, like a Wii game or stuff like that. So it's like, oh, this is on sale. Okay, I'll get that. Um, and usually the sale, the, you, you'll get pretty decent sales on the eShop. So I do that. Like I bought the Hades on sale on the eShop uh, this holiday and Hades is so friggin' good. I love that game. Yeah. Hades is so gosh darn good. I'm, I'm so sorry that I like slept on that game for like a year. <laughs> well, you're at least on time because the sequel is coming out as well. Yeah. But it's relatively soon too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's also like the thing that we're at that generation now where um, the, we had the Game Awards, and in the Game Awards, we saw like a lot of stuff coming as well mm. that's announced. So, for example, Hades 2 is coming out, and you're like, okay, nice. But I rem- I can't remember the name of the game. It, got, it should have been, it, sh- it was scheduled for last year, and it got pushed. But it's made by the, the um, uh, Patrick Soderlund, who was the head of like basically EA's uh, worldwide studios. Mm-hmm. He created this his own studio, and it's going to be a free to play game on consoles and PC. It got shown off at the Game Awards a couple of years ago, where this, where it's on this planet, I think it was Earth, and it was a, a little bit like a spacey theme where stuff would crash onto the planet, and then mm-hmm. suddenly random these people will just come into action and head at it. I can't remember what the game is called, but like that's also one of those games where you're like, oh yes, I think there's a lot of games that we're not aware of that got announced and that were yeah. like eventually like, oh damn, it's coming out, you know? Because yeah, suddenly they're coming. Like, there's another game coming out, uh, Atomic Hearts, which is basically like a Bioshock set in this Soviet Union-like era setting. Yeah. But like, whoa, that little game looks actually pretty cool. But there again, I am like. 
I hope it's going to be good, but because it's not made by a big publisher or developer that we know of. So it's like this gamble. And the same goes for the day before. Like it looks like the perfect game. The division meets the last of us. But again, it's made by an unknown developer, unknown publisher. You're like, this looks too be good too good to be true, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so okay, so with all that said, right, we've talked about like our experiences basically from if like if people have listened to the previous episodes all the way up to where we are right now. So then my question comes to this before we like wrap things up is we're now in the middle of the 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 current generation for like PlayStation 5, the Xbox series, um the Switch is uh is in its 6th year crazy it's like next year it's going to be seven years old and we still haven't heard anything. What do you think? What, what are, well, not what do you think, but what are your hopes for the future for like, what, what do you expect? What do you, what would you like to see in the next couple of years, next five years or so? Um, that's a good question. By the way, the game I was talking about, it's called Arc Raider. So just look it up. If you look at the trailer, you'll be like, ah, this looks really cool. Um, I've said this before. I think either this generation or the next generation that will come after this will be the last physical-based generation. And after that, it's done. It's all digital. Mm. And it has its pros and cons. Like the, the pro is it's ease of use. You can probably play anywhere on any device and it will be high quality, but you're relying either on a data connection because it's streaming tech or it will be just an all digital edition and you just download it to your console and you play it. Um, but it will ha- bring a lot of ease and convenience with you with it if you're in a country with a modern internet connection. So that's why I think like the next generation will be the last one. And then after that, they will probably say like, okay, it's done. Um I just hope for that we will get games that will... Because now we're getting to the part where games are really on that edge of movies-like quality. And I really hope that it, it does more of that, like God of War Ragnarok or Horizon Forbidden West, like great examples of that. But also games like Detroit Become Human on the PS4 was like a great example of that. And there's a lot of stuff coming, but... You know, you just hope it's good and you just hope that the industry will keep on innovating in the right way and that they're not going to do stuff for the sake of money. You know, we don't need more battle passes, deluxe editions for 100 euros that will give me a week <laughs> earlier access. Like, I'm wor- I, my hard-earned money, especially in these times with the, the economy and the inflation and stuff, I don't need you to find more ways to milk me out of more money. <laughs> I need you to find ways to justify me spending my hard-earned money on your game and maybe making sure that I keep on buying your game because the 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 barrier for in- entry into games has become so low. Everybody can make games and sometimes the the simplest indie game makes the most money and because they do something new. So, you know, I expect innovation i expect new experiences i expect stuff that actually works like vr it's super cool but i don't believe that's going to be like a a a sustainable platform because there's so much technology there's so much shifts in technology there's 
there's not a lot, at least in my opinion, there's not a lot of games to justify me having a headset. Like the PSVR 2 is coming out. It's like, what, 550 or 600 euros. Mm-hmm. Super cool. But I don't believe there's like a lot of games that, that would justify me spending that amount of money. And uh, or Horizon Call of the West will not pull, uh, or whatever it's called, will not pull me over. Or like a Gran Turismo 7 is supposed to be amazing when it comes to VR. Yeah, but, you know... It's ah, nice and all. I actually did expect that something like that would draw you in being the driving nut. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, I have, I, and that's maybe because I have other passions as well that I'm putting a lot more time into now, but my time with games are limited because, and therefore I need the reward to be, uh, like the, the time I invest in it, the reward needs to be the right amount. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like a game where I have to grind. Like I heard somebody say, like when when playing Hogwarts, I heard like it takes a long while to get a broom to fly around. I'm like, okay, but I don't have like 20 hours to invest in a game to get a blue broom to fly around. You know, yeah. so it needs to be at that balance where it's enough uh, return on investment to put it that way. So that's basically it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, for me, yeah, I'm looking at this current generation. I'm I'm feeling. One of two things is gonna get might happen. We might we might get another mid mid refresh. Yeah. And I th- and that's probably because they especially Xbox is probably gonna add another console type to their to their arsenal. Whereas they're not gonna do the stick. They said that, that they've stopped that. No, so but like they're the doing something stick. else. They're they're doing something else. They're doing implementation directly into like TVs instead of a stick. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably the cheaper option. That is, yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing. That the the only thing that you're missing right now is like GeForce Now, yeah. which is not doing that, which is super weird. Yeah, I mean, I would expect them to do like a setup box. They already have a setup box, but do like a Chromecast-like yeah, device. You know, yeah, they're kind of discontinuing the 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 Shield. Yeah, but like do a, a Chromecast-like device for a couple of like 30, 40, 50 bucks, throw in a controller and a couple of months of subscription and say like, hey, you can just play whatever you want, you know? I mean, these days, like TVs have pretty good processors in them. You don't even need to do that. You just give them a client. Yeah. Because that's what, I I mean, that's what Xbox is doing right now, right? With the new Samsung TVs, it's like you have a client. Yeah. To and like, you can pad up your Xbox gaming. One controller. Yeah. Or any controller for that matter. So you can even use your PlayStation 5 DualSense. Oh, wow. <laughs> but how, how will I know which buttons to press if the on-screen prompt says something completely else than what I have in my hand? Yeah, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, so there are some interesting things on the horizon, but I think at least when it comes to hardware, um, I think you might be right, but I don't think all the, all the hardware manufacturers are going to go that way. I'm pretty sure Nintendo's not going to go that way because they would still want to sell to parents and to kids, but they also still want to sell to the hardcore player. They have learned their, I feel like they've learned their lesson in that, um, especially considering the 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 high the high number of sales that they have right now. Mm-hmm. That it is important to not just be like just family friendly, but you know be a be a system for all and truly for all. But if you think about it that way, if they want to be able to appeal to to families, if you look at how kids spend their time playing games, I think like a lot of kids spend time gaming on 
a tablet or a smartphone. So, um, and Nintendo is, I think, doing better in that area than others when having mobile games available. But I think like maybe especially for a company like Nintendo, it's important to to keep that in mind as well. Like basically yeah. Sony and, and Microsoft are saying like, you know, we have our hardware and we have games that we mainly make for a mature audience. So that audience will keep on buying our hardware or at least find some ways to get access to our games. Whereas Nintendo's audience is mainly family-friendly stuff. And in that realm, the smartphone and the and the tablet pose a very big risk because they're stealing away time from people spending on Nintendo devices, playing on their Nintendo devices. Yeah, I mean, you could make that argument for basically all the all the the consoles that are out right now. And then if you look to more um, to the more enthusiast stuff, let's not forget the Steam Deck is still a thing. Yeah, I think and we're going to see more of that as well. Exactly. So I, I don't know per se if hardware is ever truly going to go away because you have like the Steam Deck, you have like the Aeon Neo stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you have like stuff like GeForce Now and Xbox Cloud Gaming. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like at least the way we're currently heading is we're going to see way more diversity into how you're going to play your game. Definitely. How you're like the choice of playing the games, the way you want to play them is going to be very pivotal going into the next five or so years. So I think, I don't know what Nintendo has planned for their, their follow-up. Maybe they'll make a more powerful switch. I don't know. <laughs> Nintendo does weird stuff because it's Nintendo. I can almost predict that, Microsoft will, even if they're not being super serious about Xbox Cloud Gaming, they might have to, um, especially if they're partnering up with TV uh, manufacturers to have Xbox Cloud Gaming on there. Yeah. I don't know if Sony's going to do something like that. Um, I think their focus, like you said, being on service games for the next 10 years is going to show a whole different side of Sony in terms of um, not just like giving us amazing single player content, but also giving us unique, long lasting multiplayer content as well. Which is not, I don't want to say it's never <laughs> truly been their strong suit, but it's never uh, truly been their strong suit. Yeah, but I don't know why, but I suddenly have to think about those those uh, developers that I think they're called Deviation Games, where they yeah. at uh, at Gamescom two years ago they did like the pitch where they're like, "We're gonna make a super innovative game because we have super innovative people." And it's basically all those people that worked for the Call of Duty Studios, remember? Yeah, and they, yeah, and I, remember, I remember. It remember. felt like they were doing an <laughs> elevator pitch during that set, that opening night live, and we're like, "We don't care about the elevator pitch. We just want to hear what." game you're developing and they're like no we're, we're super innovative people our studio is driven by innovation we're gonna make a super innovative game we're like yeah whatever man i don't care this that one. has almost been two years ago so i'm actually kind of curious know. when they're gonna show anything if yeah. they're gonna show anything yeah oh. so yeah i think i think with that we're uh unless you have any, any other thing that you wanted to add no um, that's basically it yeah all right uh so shall i do it or will you uh, you can do it uh, this time. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see if I still remember it from the olden days. But uh, thank you all so much for listening to Game Rivals. 
we appreciate that you listen to this podcast, uh, and I hope that you will continue to share this podcast with your friends. Um, as always, you can find us uh, at our home on Anchor, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Uh, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, at, the link will be in the description. Uh, you can also uh, send us an e- email feedback at gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, maybe not as much as I used to, but at Maximilian. Um, you can also find our Game Rivals Twitter account there, which is at game underscore rivals underscore. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Maximilian, um, and you'll also be able to find the Game Rivals Instagram, which is at Game Rivals. Uh, and I think that is it. Yeah. I so, think so, yeah. Strong Templar, thank you so much for being here, for thank sharing you for your me. experience, uh, for for sharing your experience, your gaming origins, uh, with the with the audience and with me, of course uh and uh yeah i guess there's nothing left to say but our sign off i have been and always will be sean templar and i have been and always will be maximilian x and he will catch you on the next one later